Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Arlen Cord Podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. MTG Goldfish <laughs> Podcast. But we're pretty much going to just be talking about Arlen Cord for 40 minutes. So, no, nah, I'm just kidding again. Anyway, episode 60, <laughs> we have an interesting docket. We have a lot of uh, Mythic Rares to talk about, and we have some fish mail to address. So, before we get into the individual cards, um, I just wanted to get everyone's uh, position. So, everyone, the cast is here. Myself, Chaz. Richard, what's going on? Hey, guys. What's up? Seth, what's up, buddy? Not much, guys. How you doing? Doing okay. So just wanted to gauge each of you. So overall thoughts on what you've seen so far. Uh, Richard? On Arlen or on all the spoilers? Just the, you know, shadows in general since we've talked last week. Yeah, I think it's been pretty sweet. Like, every card they've spoiled has been interesting, whether it's really good, whether the flavor's really good, whether the theme is really good. So... I think this is going to be one of the best sets. Like, every card has been hyped. I haven't been let down a single day uh, for spoilers so far. Seth, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I was happy with it last week when we talked about some of the early spoilers, and it hasn't really let down yet, so I'm still pretty happy with it. Even the bad cards are at least bad in a way that's somewhat interesting. <laughs> yeah, so, but they don't they don't sting quite as bad, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so at least they're fun to look at and think about, even though if you know in the back of your head that they're not playable anywhere, they're at least flavorful enough and unique enough that they're they're still fun to see spoiled. So, yeah, I share the same sentiments. I'm very excited for this set. Maybe it's just Innistrad. I keep saying that. But I mean, aside from like Nefalia Moondrakes, there isn't really like one card that I really think is completely terrible. Um, I think you said it perfectly, Seth. Like even the bad, like even mediocre cards, you could argue is 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 at least in some way. Um, interesting or just to make it sting a little less, you know, <laughs> like, so, um, let's, let's move right along. We wanted to highlight uh, a couple individual cards. So in the sake of, uh, not having this podcast go to like two hours, um, let's, let's get right to it. So, um, Richard, start us off. All right. So today we're recording this on Tuesday. We got Arlen Cord, the Planeswalker Werewolf. So two red and a green, so four converted mana cost, starts at three loyalty, uh, plus one until end of turn, up to one target creature gets plus two, plus two, and gains vigilance and haste. Zero, put a two-two green wolf creature token on the battlefield, transform Arlen Cord. Uh, flip side is Arlen embraced by the moon, featuring a savage werewolf. Uh, plus one creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain trample until end of turn. Minus one, uh, lightning bolt to a creature or player, transform Arlen, embraced by the moon. And then minus six, you get an emblem. Creatures you control have haste and have tap. This creature deals damage equal to its power to target creature or player. So if anyone knows me over the social media <laughs> outlets, uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, Seth, uh, was so gracious to uh, let everyone know that. <laughs> I was excited by, by uh, sharing a little bit of that excitement. But uh, I wanted to get your guys' uh, thoughts uh, first, because everyone already knows mine. <laughs> Richard, what do you think? It's okay. I, I'm not as hype as other people. Get out. Just get out <laughs> If it wasn't a werewolf and it just said, like, zombie Rade or something on it, like, it's okay. It's a role player, but I don't know. It, it dies to lightning bolt. It makes two twos without tipping, you know, ticking up, 
And, you know, if you want a lightning bolt, you have to do it every other turn. So it's okay. It'll, it'll see play, but I think it's more like Domri or Garrick or something. It's not one of these planeswalkers that you try to jam into every single deck imaginable. It's like a role player. It has a purpose, but it's okay. Like the flavor, the flavor is what puts it over the top. But if it was just some generic planeswalker, I don't think people would care as much. But because it's a werewolf, uh, I think people are in love with the card. And I like that aspect too. But playability-wise, I'm like, eh. It, it, it's good. It'll show up in some decks. But I don't think it's going to be warping standard like Jace or like Liliana the Veil or something like that. Hmm. Seth, what do you think? Well, well, first off, I wanted to make sure it was clear to everyone. Wizards made the point of mentioning on Twitter that this works a little different than the Magic Origins Flipwalkers. So you can't play Arlen Cord, immediately make the wolf, flip it over, and then immediately use the Lightning Bolt ability, <laughs> flip it back. Uh, so you can't use it in the same turn. Once you transform, you have to wait till the next turn to get your Lightning Bolt or to give your creatures plus one, plus one, and trample. Uh, so it's more like the uh, Garrick from the original Innistrad than it is the Magic Origins Flipwalkers. The way they transform is slightly different. So I think it's very good, though. It's the first card that jumps to mind because of the abilities and the matter, uh, mana cost is Huntmaster of the Fells. It's very reminiscent of that as it makes a 2-2 wolf when it enters the battlefield almost, and then it deals damage uh, just like Huntmaster did. I don't know how much lacking a body will hurt it. Like, is the upside of being able to have more control over when you flip and having some other abilities better than Huntmaster having a 2-2 or a 4-4 body that comes along with it? But I think it's really playable. I think it will be good. Uh, it, it does a lot of powerful things. Like, you get to make 2-2 tokens, which defends Arlen Cord right away. And then the next turn, you get to Lightning Bolt something uh, if you want to, to take care of another threat. So it seems like you should be able to get it to stick around pretty easily based on the abilities that are on it. Yeah, so where I come from this, and I'm really excited about this card, just just to reiterate <laughs> that fact. Uh, I, I do think the fact that it's a werewolf and it's, you know, obviously green, so that, that really makes me happy. Uh, I like anything that's green pretty much, especially when it's powerful like this. I, I like the fact that this card just gives you a lot of options, and and it's it has a lot of depth to it. So I don't know how it'll play out in modern. Although playing this after a on Smiter and giving it plus two plus two and and vigilance obviously seems pretty cool. Um, but for standard, you have to evaluate this card at what could potentially be around it. And what's around it right now is if there is a way to kind of splash a light splash uh, into a third color, then, you know, I look at cards like Oath of Gideon and, like, how much better this card would be when it comes in with four uh, loyalty and has a couple of bodies to deal with to to defend it. I look at cards like Nyssa, Voice of Zendikar, and, and potentially coming out before this card to kind of at least give you a way to utilize uh, Arlen's plus one abilities on each side and just giving you just a, a bevy of creatures, a bevy of tokens to deal with. Uh, and and to enhance at that point. So between this Gideon or but yeah, this Gideon and Nissa, there could be some way to finagle it where you could play all three of them in some Naya Walkers list, uh, along with like Oath of Gideon and stuff like that. And uh, it actually points to Oath of Nissa as a good way to alleviate some of that uh, very. Um, restrictive, like very heavy uh, card invest or color investment in 
in Nyssa and Gideon where you're paying double white, paying double green. Um, I, I, I do think I, I like the fact that, Richard, you did say it's a role player. And I, I'm going to have to agree with that as much as I, I like it as a standalone card. But it plays a role that is so complementary to an, a lot of other good cards. And, th- and that's where I really think Arlen Cord is going to shine. Uh, because it just fits like the, the jigsaw puzzle so well and complements so many other good cards. Uh, and that's just talking about standard. I don't know like if this will ever be a modern staple. I mean, you're really going to have to outshine cards like Ajani Vengeant where you just basically have a straight-up Lightning Helix, so I don't really know if it gets there. I do... I don't know if it really even clashes... I don't know if this card clashes with Garuk Relentless either, because I don't know if I'd rather have this or Garrick. Seems like Garrick might be better, just ever so slightly, uh, especially with the the color uh, just being a single green. The, the one thing I kind of don't like about it is you don't have the option to transform. So this is very yeah. werewolfy, like the original werewolves where they would kind of flip back and forth beyond your control based on something happening. So you can't really just flip, make a wolf, flip it over, and lightning bolt three turns in a row, which would be really powerful. Like, if you could do that, it would be insane. So I'm worried that sometimes when you really want a wolf, a wolf token to jump block, you're going to be in lightning bolt mode, and other times you're really going to want that lightning bolt, and you're going to be stuck making a wolf token. So that part of it, it creates an interesting tension for a Planeswalker, which I'm not sure we've really seen before. Even the Flipwalkers that we've had, you pretty much want to flip them, and then they always stay flipped and do some good things on their flip side. So I'll be interested to see how that actually works, like the flipping back and forth mechanic works on a Planeswalker. Yeah, I I think for this card to be good, you need to use its plus one abilities, uh, which is why I say it's more of like a Domri Rade card. It's like if you're playing red green monsters, I think this card will be really good. If you play a Thunderbreak region, plus one it and go to town with like a six six vigilance hasted flyer, then it's pretty good. But if you're sitting here making wolves and lightning bolts thing things, I don't think it's it's that good, right? Like it's the ability to increase its loyalty, uh, you know, which gets you closer to the ultimate, which is the scary thing about planeswalkers, right? And, you know, the the fact that you need actual respectable bodies. Like if you had a Pelucranos or something, making it a seven seven would be crazy, right? So I think the plus one is actually very important to this Planeswalker. And that's why I don't think it's going to go into, like, I don't know, like, rug control as kind of a value Planeswalker. Uh, it would be more of a make my big, scary green creatures even scarier. And uh, that will naturally have, you know, when you give your 5-5 five, five guy Vigilance, that's defense right there, right? So you don't even need to make rolls for defense. You just got a plus one and, and go to town. But having said that, uh, what do you guys think people call this Elspeth Knight Errant? Yay or nay? Ooh. The, the thing that makes mm-hmm. Elspeth, in my opinion, and actually Elspeth's son's champion too, but the thing that makes them so powerful is that you are climbing towards their ultimate and getting more loyalty while you're making their tokens. So I don't really like the comparison just because of that. Like, yeah. zero make a token is much different than plus one or plus two make a token over the course yeah. of a long game. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. Uh, it's not quite Elspeth Knight era, and... Just just so that's out there, we always have like this kind of little financial uh, perspective. Thirty bucks is uh, kind of steep for me to want to jump into this, but I mean it could end up holding around some, somewhere close to that, like in the lower twenties or something like that. So, I mean, it is a it's it's a very good card, and and props to uh, uh, Winona Nelson for the art. It's it's incredible. I uh, just want to throw that out there. I just I love this card. Like 
<laughs> it's so good. So do you guys think any play beyond standard? Modern? I, no, uh, no, no, no. Legacy? Yeah, I, yeah. I no. Command? Not a lot of cards <laughs> even that never make it to Legacy. They, they, they have a hard enough time getting into Modern. So, so. you guys don't even think Modern? <laughs> I just think you have so many better options for four mana Planeswalkers, and your mana is so good that if you want a four mana Planeswalker, it's pretty easy to splash a Johnny Vengeance in a red-green deck and go Naya. Right. For, it's just so easy, so... I don't know what she offers that we don't already have in the format. I would expect she would come in a little bit behind um, Garrick Relentless, Johnny Vengeance, Elspeth, and uh, I guess most of the playable four mana Planeswalkers in the format. That's my initial take. Maybe there's some deck that can, I don't know, cheat an Emrakul into play and give it haste with the plus one ability or something <laughs> weird like that. Like, that's how Xenagos God of Revels sees playing modern, because you can tooth and nail into Xenagos and Emrakul and win yep. the game. So if there's something like that that she can do, maybe. But if you're just, like, building Naya control or Naya midrange, I think you'd go another direction. Yeah, it's good to, that the the ultimate's only six, so it's not some, like, astronomical number that you might never get to. And the emblem is powerful. But, yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree with Seth here. I mean, I, you know, when you look at this card and, like, I guess Jun comes to mind in Modern as maybe a deck that might want this. I mean, I just don't, I don't think I can place Arwen at, on the same level as, like, uh, a Chandra Pyromaster, let's say, where you're you're gaining like legitimate card advantage from Chandra Pyromaster, and we've seen you know uh, pros do that in the past, right, Seth? We we've seen um like Reed Duke incorporate that into Jund. I, I just don't know, like, just get your Tarmogoyf beats on with like a huge Tarmogoyf. I don't know, but but I agree with you guys, which is why I don't understand what the hype is, right? If it's well, not just modern playable like, and well, a role be- player is standard, I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> what's, what's the hype? It's, it's a werewolf, Okay, right? well, Elspeth's Son's Champion was hyped, and it was a good card in standard and, like, had a high price tag, and it never went anywhere in other formats. You can have a hyped card and have it be a standard card. I guess that's true, but Elspeth was so good. I don't know. Ar- Arlen's okay. <laughs> like, if Arlen well, was not a werewolf and somehow was, like, a place walking with... Well, it is a werewolf, Richard, okay? <laughs> it is. Care. <laughs> I th- I think you're right to some extent though, Richard. Like the card just looks so cool, and people have been waiting for more werewolves and legendary werewolf. Which even though this doesn't fill the role in Commander, it technically is a a legendary werewolf. It's a flip planeswalker. So I think a lot of the hype is because of the flavor. And if this was uh, just some random character, it probably wouldn't be as exciting. <laughs> yeah. But the art of it and the flavor of it is so good, I can definitely understand why it's hyped. And even if that's part of the reason why it's so hyped, I think that's fine. Because it is a real, yeah. it's just a really sweet card. So Right. And, and it's it's actually just not bad and standard at all. Like, <laughs> And the fact that it could at some day maybe see modern play. Like, we know four CMC walkers, I mean, you these these cards have to be real solid to see play, but you never know. But for standard, def- I, I think we're going to see this card in standard, I mean, for sure. Yeah, I think it, I mean, obviously being a two-color planeswalker, it'll, it'll depend on how good red and green right. or like a Jun deck are, but on power level alone, I think it can see standard play. I agree with you. Yeah. All right, let's, let's move on to the forgotten planeswalker. <laughs> The Heary, the Harbinger, already got eclipsed in type because of this <laughs> werewolf. <laughs> Two red and a white, another four CMC Planeswalker, starts at four loyalty. Uh, plus two, you may discard a card. If you do, draw a card. 
Uh, minus two, exile target enchantment, tapped artifact, or tapped creature. Uh, minus eight, search your library for an artifact or creature card, put it on the battlefield, shuffle your library. It gains haste, return it to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. So, yeah, I mean, it it is kind of getting eclipsed, but it's not a bad, wa- I mean, Nahiri's not a bad walker at all. Uh, it, it's just really not bad. I mean, the fact is, it's Boros, so... Boros always kind of gets, like, a bad rap, I guess, like, but, uh, it's no Ajani Vengeant, but it's, she's not bad by any stretch of the means. It's, yeah, I, the, the tappedness, I don't understand why she needs things to be tapped to be able to exile them with her negative Especially two. artifacts, like, what artifacts? Well, if she was just straight up minus two exile the creature, that would be, like, insane, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess that I guess that's true. To me, I yeah. think it's the flavor. Like that feels like royal assassin and a black ability. So it's weird to see it on a Boros planeswalker. No, but. Gideon. She's she's channeling her inner Gideon. But I mean, so, again, where where what like a tapped artifact? Like that's like. Like, you might as well not even have that on there. What artifact could you even get rid of? I'm glad they didn't say tapped enchantment, because that would be really bad. But can't you just use them, like, and never have her touch them? You can tap a mana rock at any time. So, like, if you use your mana, if you use your salt and cast something, and I play Nahiri, boom, there goes your your artifact. Okay, well, it's... It is sweet and standard, though, because of madness. Like, the plus two works really well. It's a free discard outlet. So if you're discarding uh, Fiery Temper and things like that, it's really strong. The ultimate, I mean, I guess the negative two is fine. It's more restrictive than I would like because of the tap thing. But the ultimate is really interesting. I don't know how it fits in standard. I guess you can, like, uh, sneak attack in an Eldrazi of some kind. But this ultimate's really bad, though. Like, I could see you ultimating and losing the game. <laughs> like, most other people get emblems that do something for the rest of the game, and you get one sneak attack. I guess well, like, if it's, if it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you don't even get to get, like, ooh, my I mean, you, you gotta literally put, oh, like, Everfold in your deck or something to, like, make this ooh, useful, right? Rough, like, oh, yeah. let me use my 4-4 dragon, like, what? Right. You'd <laughs> have to, you'd have to be cheating, like, Grizzlebrand or Emrakul or something for it to really be that good. Which we don't have in standard. At this point, it it is interesting that you can find an artifact. Like you could technically like get a mind slaver and mind slaver someone, or like I don't know. I'm sure there's other weird artifacts you could get that are pretty impactful. You get your uh, your tech. So. <laughs> you get your uh, Draco. Yeah, got gotcha, gotcha, Draco time. I I think though that that coming. (laughs) No no one expects Draco. (laughs) That is true, Chaz. No one sees it coming. She's got to be worse than Arlen, though, right? Like if if you're gonna rank those two, like Nahari is definitely behind. Yeah, I would say so. Again, I mean, again, it's the Boros, but. Yeah, I would say it's it's behind all the, and you and just for everyone that you can't actually use or plus two if you don't have a card. So uh, well, you, you can't draw a card, right? So I guess she goes to whatever loyalty and you still get nothing. But um, at the very least, I mean, I think we're making a good argument for Oath of Gideon. Like <laughs> the the card gets better and better as it as we go. Like for every four CMC Walker that comes, like that we get revealed. Ooh. Actually, doubling season lets you ultimate mm. immediately. So in modern, if you had a doubling season, you can just immediately get an Emrakul out of your library. 
against the odds is coming. I think that I think that we're brewing something right there. <laughs> Make it happen, Seth. But that that could that could be something. Hey, or or Draco. If <laughs> Draco, I'm telling you, yeah, they they really won't ever see this. All right, all right. So we we say she's worse than Arlen. How about her art here? What do you guys think wonderful. about this art? Wonderful. Really, it's so wonderful. weird. It's so like not Magic the Gathering. Yeah. This is like Magic the Gathering movie by Michael Bay right here. <laughs> <laughs> like this weird, like I'm exploding things. Transformer type thing. Like, you know, yeah. you have like what 10 is- million explosions going off. It's a long, long standing joke that like every Michael Bay movie should just start out with like an explosion. Like just, <laughs> I don't know how, but just, no, I mean, Aless, Aleski is far none of it. An amazing artist. So if you see the full the full framed art, it's amazing. She, I, I really like it. She just looks so much different than the commander. Like as a character, like her attitude and expression and everything, she doesn't even really seem like the same character as in the commander version. Well, there's red, so she's pissed off. <laughs> yeah, that's why they added red. She's just really pissed. Do we know why? Soren is a backstabber, I guess. Okay. They haven't explained. They haven't explained that part of the story yet. Yeah, I think it might have to do with like Soren basically showing up and like imprisoning these big space monsters on her plane and just bouncing. Yeah, <laughs> like, see it another thousand years. <laughs> you deal with them. <laughs> Wait, what is her plane? Which which one? Zendikar. She from Zendikar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she's come all the way in Estrad now just to mess yeah. Things up. Yeah, blew up his house. Let's go to an instant. Uh, it's a rare two in a black to the slaughter. Target player sacrifices a creature or planeswalker. Uh, delirium. Uh, sacrifice a creature and a planeswalker. I love that yeah. they spoiled this on the same day as Arlen because it is like the answer <laughs> to the token and to Arlen in one card. Yeah. Where's little no Gossamer? No. <laughs> Little, little little sheep there and this gigantic demon. <laughs> no. No, it's it, it's pretty sweet. I think without delirium, even at instant, like just just looking at some of the cards that we're gonna be curving into, we're gonna be talking about the, the red one drop that I am really excited about uh later on. But I think without delirium it's it's not really a maybe it will be, yeah. Maybe it's still fine, I think, just straight up three. But delirium makes this card really sick. Does it though? Like, I mean, if they have the planeswalker and the creature, then yeah, you got them. But how well, many still times for, will you just sit there for, and they just have like a creature and you're still just like paying well, three? Well, I think just a planeswalker edict could be good depending on the meta game. Like, if yeah. you have delirium, even if you didn't hit a creature, just sacrifice a planeswalker. You're almost always coming out ahead in mana in that exchange. Yeah. So and like at three, what? No, like Ruinous Path is garbage. And this is instant speed. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you sacrifice your Lingering Souls token. Like, I don't know. Right? Uh, like, yeah, okay. Well, we don't have Lingering Souls, and I doubt we'll ever get a card. <laughs> are you set. sure? I think Spirit I hope not. Maybe we are getting a Lingering Souls reprint. Hey, maybe they'll ban it like uh, they did in uh, Block Constructed. <laughs> All right, you'll get, you'll get <laughs> Midnight Haunting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's probably more likely. Yeah. Um, I mean, with Delirium, two creatures for three, I think, is a pretty good return, considering Barter and Blood was always It's four. not two creatures, though. It's a creature and a Planeswalker, right? Yes. So they, if they have two creatures, they only have to sacrifice one. I mean, no. Or plane. Oh, yeah. Creature or Planeswalker. No, no. So 
the, the single trigger is yeah. creature or planeswalker. The delirium is a creature and a planeswalker. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, unless you nail both, I mean, yeah, I, I guess that's okay. I think it depends a lot just on the, the meta and the matchups. Like, against a control deck that's going to have one big threat and some planeswalkers, it's insane if you hit a four-mana creature and a planeswalker with this card. Well, against a token deck that's, like, going wide and you're going to have little things to sacrifice, it's much, much worse, obviously. Well, since everyone's hyping it up, right, like, I'm liking to the slaughter is three mana, kill your thing in the ice. And you're with Jace, so there you go. The, yeah, given that Jace will be all over the place, I, I think this card will be good and playable your, because it kills 04, Jace. Nails your 04 wall, or since, you know, your turn 2, 9, 7, or... We, we might be getting... I might be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but how, what does Anguish Unmaking do to this card? Are they just competing for the same role? See, that's... Well, well let's not just jump only... straight to Anguish Unmaking, then. Yeah. One sec. <laughs> let's yeah, let's read go. the card. Anguish Unmaking... One white black. So three converted mana costs instant. Exile target non-land permanent. You lose three life. All right. So I'm sure people like will look back at utter end and say like, oh, it's it, it, this is as close we'll get to vindicate. I'm like, no, this is this is as close we'll get to vindicate since we're we're in the realm of actual casting costs and uh, you know things to do. But unless they straight up reprint the card somewhere down the line, this is this is pretty close. Um, well, yeah, and then we go into the what we were just talking about. Like, so to the slaughter, anguish on making, and declaration in stone are like, are they all like competing as like, well, the removal that, in the set, and they're what, all in black and white. But declaration, de- declaration in stone only hits creatures, correct? Yes. So there's a, I think the anguish on making and uh, to the slaughter are definitely competing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Declaration in Stone really falls into it, but I think you'll have to make deck building decisions as to whether you want to the slaughter or Anguish on Making. Like well, I don't. I don't think you're going to play four of both of those in your deck. No, no. Well, what I was saying. I don't know. Maybe not competing, but I think you're going to pick one of these and then Declaration as your like your complementary. Yeah. Spell because um, Silkraft's not going to be around forever, and it with every removal spell at three. I mean, I just, I'm just wondering, like, maybe you might want to keep Declaration so you just don't straight up die. No, I think you, you definitely play Declaration along with either yes. of these. But yes. I, don't, I don't think you play Anguish and uh, To the Slaughter together. Very no, often. yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I don't think we're going to see that much Anguish on making, man. You don't Three think... life is a ton. So unless yeah, the but not format really. is ruled by enchantments, like, just play Ruinous Path. It's sorcery speed. Like, you just want to kill basically Planeswalkers. Um, or creatures, right? Like, right. So I, I think this is more of a role play. I think we'll see more to the slaughter than anguish on making, right? Cool. We'll see more ruinous path. I mean, again, since Jace is so amazing, he's gonna be everywhere. You're gonna need to kill him like every single game, right? So, well, ruinous path <laughs> does both sides as well, right? Yes, so it does. The slaughter. But and and this is like a minor, wait, this is kind of like a minor um synergy. I'm I'm sure not a lot of people will uh. I mean, make this comparison right away, but um, you play a couple of these Anguish on Makings over the course of the game, and then you just drop a Linvala later in the game, you get you get your, your life right back. And, I mean, the other good thing is Fetchlands are rotating, so we're not going to be yes. starting off at 17 life. We can kind of spend <laughs> we can spend that life on a card like Anguish on Making, uh, perhaps, instead of spending it on Cracking Fetchlands. Right. I think and again, it's really good. I, 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 I think it's good. I, I would be surprised if it didn't, if it, if it was not cast very often. It'll definitely be played, but do you think four of in a deck that could play it? 
Uh, I think like a solid three. I don't know if you want Because like, I, I don't like, want to see more than one. Like if I cast two of these in a game, that's six damage to myself, right? Like, yeah, but then you play your, you know, you're playing like a controlling kind of deck. Then you just drop your Linvala later in the game. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd if like you're going to play, like, grindy mid-range matches, this could be okay, but how sad will you be when someone, like, turn one jackal pup, you know, <laughs> turn two, two twos, you go down, your turn three plays, lose three life, and, like, kill one. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to be so not, sad. Not, you, you, you will be kind of sad. I'm not. I'm definitely going to agree with you there. I could imagine wanting four in the 75 because it's so good against Eldrazi, like an unconditional yeah. way to get rid of Ulamogs and Reality Smashers and Thought Not Seers. Um, so I, I could imagine it being four in the 75, but I think you're right. You might not start with four in the main deck just because yeah. casting like three of these, flashing one back with Jace, like you're going to kill yourself super quick. Oh, this would be brutal to cast against a... <laughs> A reality smash. <laughs> here's here's three life and discard a card and you killed my reality smash. You basically did exactly what I wanted. <laughs> well, not if the card you discard is fiery temper. Then you're oh. coming out way ahead. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so modern playable or no? I hear people saying so. I don't know. They say maybe black white tokens or soul sisters since they gain yes. so much life right, and right. it's awesome yeah. in a deck like that. As, yeah, as far as, great. like, Jund or those, like, just removal Abzan mid-range decks, I'm not sure. What do you think, Richard? You play those decks. Would I you... think Abrupt Decay does what you want. So <laughs> yes, it, it kind of just does it. And same with Maelstrom Pulse. So I don't think Abzan or something would play this. But like right. you said, Soul Sisters, like, sure, <laughs> why not? <laughs> right? Like, they can't, they can't play green and black, right? So... Uh, tokens maybe, but three life is a is a lot. It's like getting hit by a siege rhino trigger, right? You don't you don't really want that. So especially when you have like bitter blossom. Yeah, and we have abrupt decay already to kind of catch well, up everything. Even tokens incorporated like Oriok champion, so three life is nothing. Yeah, you're gaining a life every turn. If you're a deck that's incident, even just like kitchen things all by itself right. offsets anguish on making. Oh, but oh. Th- that offsets all your shock lands. Like, you need the true, <laughs> true, yeah. But, now, definitely, I could definitely see the argument for like Soul Sisters and White Tokens. That's definitely a good, a yeah, good spot. Or in for the board spot. where like there's something like you know if you if you fold to right. Blood or something and you have no other way of doing it, then yeah, English Ooh, Unmaking yeah. Will, will take care of it. But as a general purpose removal spell, like I can't imagine more than one or two in your deck, if any. Yeah, you, you don't really want to Anguish on making a Tarmogoyf or something. That's that's not really the idea of the card. Uh, yeah, I mean, unless he's like, like a seventy member. But <laughs> dismember, you have the ability to pay more mana as the game goes on, so you can cast a dismember for zero life. Whereas anguish is you're kind of stuck paying three always. Yeah. So like you want some number to kind of get you out of situations, but you don't want so many that you just kill yourself. Right. And and in the in the sense of like junk and jund, I mean, what do you really need to kill at instant speed that you couldn't already do with maelstrom pulse? And then <laughs> guess blood moon. In Legacy, you just always play Vindicate, right? There's no... The Exile would never do anything to make it better than Vindicate in Legacy. Oh, no, one, no one even plays Vindicate, but... I don't know how you'd even play this card. Like, what, what does it even kill that you care about? Vindicate killing lands is actually a very big deal. Yeah. I, I think you'd just be playing Vindicate. Yeah, I don't think you would play this. No. 
I mean, even at sorcery speed, like getting rid of like a tabernacle or something like that. Like this thing not... should kill lands. I don't know. Uh, you lose three life. You should be able to kill a land. No, they're not doing that anymore. <laughs> I wish they would. But there's so many creature lands. Like it's just so hard to deal with. I know that those those seem to get better and better by the second. We got to get a tech edge or a ghost quarter or something. I would be surprised if we didn't get to see ghost quarter. It fits the flavor. It does. It was in the first one. Yeah. What was the original set for Ghost Quarters? Uh, Ascension. Yes. Ascension. Yep. All right. Uh, speaking of aggressive one drops to hose your anguished on making, <laughs> uh, we have Falconbrath Gorger. Red for a 2 1. So it starts off as a Jackal Pup. Vampire Warrior. Uh, each vampire creature card you own that isn't on the battlefield has madness. Its madness cost is equal to its mana cost. Well. Gentlemen, we have now lived through long enough to see cards like Sarah or Sierra Angel <laughs> completely outclassed. Jackal Pup and like Savannah Lions is now completely outclassed. Like this card is like it's the entire text box is just complete gravy. Like, like Jackal Pup is completely obsolete. <laughs> yeah. And what it, what's even crazy is this sets up so like. You just wrote an article, uh, Seth, a really good one, by the way. I I, I agreed with most of the cards, um, even if you didn't give me props for Thopter Spy Network, you scoundrel. <laughs> but uh, uh, this is actually a vote of confidence for Drana, because you could go Vampire, uh, Falconrath Gorger into Falconrath, uh, Era Falconrath, and discard your Drana on turn three. I, yeah. I, yes, you can. I see this as a 2-1 for one red. I think that the madness text will not be relevant very often. I think people will just play it as a jackal pup that doesn't have yeah. the downside. Like, I think that's where it mostly fits. Maybe there's a deck that wants to be discarding Drana on turn three. Uh, obviously, you'll play it in Vampires, but I'm just not convinced that the madness thing will be all that relevant. It, it, it probably won't, but it's still there. Like, you can still set up some interesting plays, like, with it. Um, well, this gives you, know, you the even... dream curve, right? Like, the dream curve we talked about of Air of Falconroth into Incorrigible Youth. Yeah. Yes. Like, you have it right here. They're all vampires, right? Yep. I, I'm going to assume we get a vampire lord in here. So I, I think it actually will be relevant if vampires is a deck, right? Because they, they have madness things built into them. It, it's, yeah. it seems sweet in modern vampires when someone, like, thought seizes you, and you're like, ha ha! <laughs> Cast, cast <laughs> well, whatever you hit with thought seeds. They would just choose the one you can't cast. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting because Kalidas is a vampire as well. So you have a pretty oh. good curve now. Well, plus one Liliana discarded Kalidas and just cast it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We haven't got a vampire mythic yet in, in Shadows, right? No. So I, I would expect there would be one. I think we are definitely at the black red madness aggressive list right now. It's it's basically what's filling out these like last five to eight slots. There should be like some card like tainted blood or something. Like all your creatures are vampires, mm. <laughs> and then you can play like lotless troll or something and <laughs> just like go to town with like relentless dead and have all yeah. these discard synergies. But no, this I mean this is they're not all vampires. This is great. I mean w th this is definitely a nice. Nice curve. I, I would be surprised if we didn't see a, a deck like this coming out of the gate. Because you can now play, like, four one-drops. Either you get the two-one or you get the neglected heirloom. And whether you're going to get, you know, uh, uh, the two-one into the air, into encourageable youth slash drawn or whatever, uh, you go the neglected heirloom, uh, air into a giant air <laughs> on turn three. 
it was like it'd be like a six four, six five, a six five flying first strike, and then you can yeah, you can still like discard like a fiery temper. Yeah, I mean, I think that sounds like it could be a deck, it's, and I think it's likely it gets more pieces as the spoilers continue to roll out. So I think mm-hmm. red black vampires slash madness could actually be a thing. Yeah, modern vampires. We need some two drops. Yeah, I think we have Noble. two drops. We have no, that, Noble's, Noble's a one, one drop. drop. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we have that just for the one drop. We have some good. We have um, Calistria Highborn is a very Calistria good... Highborn. We have Ravenous Bloodseeker. Um, your favorite card, Richard? Uh, what's the name of it? Um, Gatekeeper of Malakir. Ooh, that's a three drop, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Blood Artist. Blood Artist. Ooh, Egg, it could yeah. be a thing. We're getting there. We're getting there. And you get a um, Nocturnus too, which is a pretty insane top end. Like that can close out some games. That is a pretty insane top end. You have Nocturnus slash Kalidus. Yep, going to town. Oh, I kind of want to build a vampire deck. <laughs> <laughs> actually, that would be kind of insane. You have the one man. You have like four one drops. You have the air now. You have encourageable use, and then you go into like a Nocturnus. Oh, that's that's rough. In a, in a format with no rats, like yeah, good four, pretty good ter- sequencing right there. Could work. Thinking so. All right, so let's move on to a favorable card. Uh, Startled Awake. Two blue blue sorcery. Target opponent puts the top 13 cards of his or her library into his graveyard, or his or her graveyard. Uh, three blue blue put Startled Awake from your graveyard onto the battlefield transformed. So this is a sorcery that transforms. Uh, the other side is Persistent Nightmare. It's a 1 1 skulk. When it deals combat damage to a player, return it to owner's hand. So pack one, pick one, auto like. Auto draft right here, like this is oh, this is like an insane limited bomb. I'm not usually a fan of cards being made mythics because of limited, but this card really needs to be a mythic because of limited. Like if you think about <laughs> drafting, you start with 40 cards, you have seven in your opening hand, so you have 33. You cast this card on turn four, get it back on turn five, attack. Cast it again, and it's game over. You mailed your opponent's entire deck. Like, that's the only relevant card you need in your whole deck is Startled Awake. And you can't even get rid of it. You need Exile-based removal, or you can just keep putting it back onto the battlefield every turn until you finally get that hit in and can mill the rest of your opponent's Oh, hold on, hold on. You can block with, like, a 1-1. One, one. <laughs> so you no. can actually stop this, right? Oh, you yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. With greater power, yeah. So you can block with a 1-1. One, one. So it's not, like, the, the end-all and be-all. But, but like, it, it's a sorcery that flips. That's mythic, man. Like That what? is mythic. <laughs> You're like, what I mean, I've been, I've been saying, yeah, this is insane. Like, I love the new take on flipping. Like, it, it it's just not, like... Did X player pay, you know, play spells or not? You know, this is a really awesome take on flipping. This is crazy. I mean, I would, art I would be scared. Crazy. Yeah, I'd be the art of the little, little kid with a knife to my back. And <laughs> <laughs> you know what, my pants. <laughs> is there any way this sees constructed play anywhere? Ah, it seems. It seems like a lot of depends if we get enough mill pieces. What was that? card in the original, the blue mythic from the original Innistrad. Oh, you're mad. Yeah, the wackiest mythic of all time. Yeah, where did that go? It reminds me a little <laughs> bit of that. Like, it's just so far out well, there. Well, maybe in, like, some super-duper, like, dirtle control, like, you just try to, like, force no. this through. <laughs> no. I don't know. I, I think you need... No, that's, uh, I mean, that's what I'm like, saying. Mind, it's it's, it's definitely, mind. like... What was that? Dream Twist. 
Like, you need those kind of mill cards and, like, Jason's Phantasm and stuff like that. Maybe you get a mill deck, but... Like, Constructed, you have a lot of cards <laughs> to mill through. And plus, I mean, people are playing Delve and Flashback yeah. or whatever, like, Delirium. You don't want to just mill people for fun. you got to actually kill them. Yeah. No, I mean, this is not... I doubt it. I mean, this is no Nefelia Drown Yard. Like, let's be, let's be perfectly <laughs> clear here. Like, this, this presents a reasonable clock. Come on. <laughs> Can't make that comparison. <laughs> Very, very cool, and and I think is above and beyond Seth's uh, threshold for what's actually supposed to be mythic. <laughs> yes, I I approve of this being mythic. It's just so it's just so flavorful and unique that I think just because of that it deserves to be mythic. Plus, this yeah. card will probably be expensive because casual players love mill cards. Like those cards are always so much more expensive than you think they should be. Going through collections, yeah. mill cards are like the number one card if it says $4, even if it's some horrible card that you've never heard of. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still in, in shock that Glimpse, Glimpse the Unthinkable like is still as much money as it is. Yeah, and what's uh, the one yeah. that oh, was reprinted in Modern Masters from Shards Block, uh, Mind Funeral. That's yeah, like yeah. 4 bucks, and it was reprinted in Modern Masters. And, and it was now it's like still 4 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't people, go anywhere. People just love their mill cards. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, those are pretty good mill cards. Like, so <laughs> those are like the best of the best. I just want to see why it's a mythic because I want a foil copy oh, of this card. Like foil that, that kid is going to look so, so nice. sweet in yeah, foil. That's going to look awesome in foil. Yeah. But it's going to be a mythic foil, so it's going to be expensive. That'd be the same as an expedition. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to cards which I think are questionably mythic. Uh, Descend upon the sinful. <laughs> Four white white sorcery mythic. Exile all creatures. Delirium. Put a single four four white angel token on the battlefield. So so what was the weird uh, translation to this set? You have oh. the story. About- <laughs> Yeah, apparently Wizards typoed on the French version of the card. So instead of Descent Upon the Sinful, it says Descent Upon the Fisherman. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why this is mythic. I mean, yeah, you get a a 4-4 for your trouble, but... And it's a 6-mana Wrath. Like, are 6-mana Wraths ever playable? Didn't we get one in, like, Born of the Gods or something like that? That was, like, 12,000 mana, but it was, like, instant? Oh, that was rare. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't remember the name of it. It was part of a cycle, though. It was like seven mana yeah. and three of it white for the instant. What, yeah. what's, what's the Awakened Wrath? How much mana does that cost? In total? Six. Well, no, five. Five. It's five on its face, but. Yeah, how much yeah. to Awaken? Eight to Awaken. Eight. Yeah, that's like kind of this card almost. I guess it's, this is slightly better. Yeah, but, why, yeah, but this is Mythic. So, uh, I don't know. This could have been a rare. I mean, exiling everything is nice, but it's just, that's a lot of mana for a Wrath. I think a lot of times in matchups where you really want a Wrath, you're going to be dead by the time you get to six mana. Yeah, this should be, like, exile everything. At least, like, creatures and planeswalkers or maybe artifacts, too, or something, just to get rid of those clue tokens sitting around. It should include more than creatures. Exile all non-land permanents. (laughs) Exile all land. Yeah. (laughs) Exile everything, you get a 4-4. Four, four. Yep. Yeah. So if it was exile all lands, put a 4-4 four, four angel token in play, how much mana do you think it needs to cost? Oh, that would be... Well, Armageddon plus a win con. Well, well, Realm Razor's 5. No, 6. Realm Razor's 6. And he's a 4-2. But Realm Razor can die. That's true. To a lightning bolt. <laughs> a floated lightning bolt. I learned that in Against the Odds. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> 
Um, well, there's what is it? Apocalypse is like five mana. Get rid of everything, and you discard your hand. Yeah, and isn't it like eight red? <laughs> I think it's three. Red. I think it's like three, but yeah. So I, I think it's triple triple red too. Yeah. Remove all permanents from the game. Discard your hand. Yeah, yeah. that's that's rough. That's rough. <laughs> I I tried playing that in Commander before. It was not wise. <laughs> that's uh that's that's rough. And it makes everyone hate you too. Not only win, <laughs> but everyone hates you while you're losing. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I think this card, if it, I don't know how much it would have to cost if it was going to exile all lands. Probably ten, like Worldfire or something. Mm, yeah, maybe. But I don't know. Will this see play? Is this standard playable as a six mana? I I. I don't know. I don't yeah, think so. Unless, like, do we have no wraths left after rotation? What, what is our oh, wrath we have situation? Planner Outburst. Yeah, we still have Planner Outburst. Oh, yeah. Then why would you ever play this card? I don't Maybe know. if, like, you're playing, like, Merfolk or still... something, and they're playing lots of fishermen or something, you play this? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> why would you ever play this? I guess. Don't, and we, we still have language, don't we? I, it, yeah, we still have language. It does get rid of Relentless Dead permanently. So okay, that, well, like, so does anguish on making and like every other kill spell in the set. If if exiling if exiling is for some reason relevant, then maybe there's a chance you would want one of these over like the third planner outburst or something. I don't know. We just play anguish on making, right? Like how many things do you actually need to exile? Like if they have an Ulam, and, and and just if, use your spot if, exile card, right? Yeah, and if like multiple relentless like dead are keeping you down, you just use declaration and stone. Like you got it. But the angel token. <laughs> I want my angel token, Chaz. <laughs> I know. I I don't think the six mana is worth the angel token. No, I don't. And delirium is kind of tricky to achieve. Well, wait, I think. What if you What if you look at it like this? Sarah Angel is five mana. So this is seven mana. So you're just paying two more mana for no, a wrath. You're playing one more mana. Yeah, six. six. Yeah. Oh, this is six. Oh, you're only paying one more mana for a wrath. Oh, yeah. You what get a Sarah, Sarah Angel has like an ability with like one more mana. <laughs> one. Trap. One, exile all other creatures, but Sarah Angel. Only when it enters the battlefield. <laughs> right? Yeah. Battlefield trigger. Boom. Red, oh. I mean I guess I guess Richard has a good way of looking at things. That's true. <laughs> yeah. For one more mana that you were paying to get Sarah Angel, you now exile all creatures. Unfortunately Sarah Angel is no longer a playable card as witnessed <laughs> by uh Abyssin, which has like five more keywords <laughs> than Sarah Angel. Yeah, uh Abyssin should probably just destroy the board when she enters the battlefield while she's at it actually. Yeah. And have menace. Eh, I'm not I'm not too uh thrilled by this card. No, me either. Maybe last last Casual. mystic here. Okay. Wolf of Devil's Breach. Three red red. <laughs> Elemental Wolf <laughs> Mythic. Five five. Whenever Wolf of Devil's Breach attacks, you may pay one in a red and discard a card. If you do, Wolf of Devil's Breach deals damage to target creature or planeswalker equal to the discarded card's mana cost. So here, here's the dog mythic. I yeah. mean, really, like, it's an actual dog, but here's the dog mythic of the set, for it sure. Do, it does look like a terrier or something. Yeah, um, it looks like a like a Doberman. No, yeah, maybe that's it. This card yeah. is so bad, right? Uh, it, yeah. I, I, I just assumed that it had haste when I read it. Like, I assumed it had haste yeah. and, like, could steal a game out of nowhere, but if you just play this and it sits out there as a 5-5 five, five, and next turn you can discard something, that is... There's no way I'd be playing this. No. 
That is like the worst Thunder Maw Hellkite of all time. What, what, like I would try. Pack to... rare. Why is it missing? I'm so confused. Yeah, that's, that I'm is... missing something, right? There, we're definitely missing something because there, there, there has to be some sort of use where we're not getting because this is even if, like even if I was playing mono red, I would find a way to splash for a colorless <laughs> to play Reality Smasher. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have to like. There's no way I'm playing this. Yeah, ah, I don't know. I would find a way. Like, I would make it possible to to play Reality Smasher before I even looked at this thing. So my guess is this is one of those cards that had that did something else. And then at the last minute, they're like, "This is too crazy," so they changed it into this uh, steaming pile of garbage that we see today. <laughs> like, <laughs> it has like no purpose. I don't know why you would ever play this. There's no you know what's even cool combo. It's not. I fun. mean, I guess they had to make this mythic for limited, like, and this is the stuff that you hate, Seth. Like, I don't know. I don't like, even not that good. That's good in limited, really. Yeah, okay. Like, I mean, five for five is a good investment in limited, isn't it? I mean, it's it's a fine body, but it's not like breaking the format or anything. Like a five five for five is there's plenty of those at rare and limited. I guess like the repeatable damage, but it doesn't even hit players. But like you it's have not to like attack, even right? and you have to discard a card just to kill something. Like yeah, I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't feel mythic to me. Maybe like, unless it had haste but or madness. Kill, like damage the players or something, and they removed it because it was too overpowered. But it's, madness, guys, you get the madness. It's it's funny how when they make those last minute changes, assuming that's what happened, it's really one extreme or the other. You either have a skull clamp or you end up with like Wolf of Devil's Breach. Like there's no yeah. middle ground with those last minute changes. It's either like so good that it's banned because they do something silly at the last minute, or they make something that we're laughing about on our podcast because it's so horrible. They could have. I think they could have gave given this thing. That's ah. or something. <laughs> I because like it's at least give it haste because I mean you're conceivably not paying the two when you're attacking with it the first time. Or menace. You stick menace on everything. Why not on? Yeah, menace. Then they would have to have three heads and be back at like underworld servers. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I think Underworld Cerberus, that's that's an insult. <laughs> the Underworld Cerberus with Wolf of Devil's Breach. I don't know, man. They're probably going to both see the same amount of play in Standard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I will agree with you there. It's a solid 0%. Uh, yeah, that's... I, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, I think uh, that's really we, what we wanted to talk about in terms of individual cards, right? Yep. I think so. The art yeah. in this set has been so crazy. I yeah, don't know what happened. Did they get a new art director or something? They're just like, I, from I generic guess. spaghetti monster things, we have Anguish Unmaking, we have Startled Awake. The new, uh, what's that? What was that return, that Ray's Dead card or whatever? Oh, with the Liliana. oh, oh Maca- Macaber, Ma- Macaber Walls. Yeah, yeah, that new art's like crazy. Like The art's That's... just so good in the set. Yeah, two of the slaughter is the best. That's that one is so funny. Just that, <laughs> that poor little crazy. sheep about to get snatched up. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. I think we have some fish mail, right? Oh yeah, we have fish mail. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, I don't think. Do we answer this one? I don't think we answered this one. Let me know if we answered this one. I don't. Think I recently so. opened my first expedition. Stopping. Yay. I don't think so, no. no I was wondering, because it came just at the border of last week, so I wasn't sure. Right, was. but yay, congrats on the expedition. Uh, I was thinking about selling it now for SCG prices, or should I hold on to it for six months to a year and see what happens? Uh, that is from can... Tristan Shorty. Right. I'm not going to pronounce the last Thanks one. for the question. Um, 
I mean, see, the thing about these is it's great because you could wait or sell them now. I mean, you really, you really don't – it's not – it doesn't hurt you at all to wait because it's not like these are abundant. Yeah, I agree with you. If you want the money now to buy cards right. you want to play with, go for it. But you're not going to lose anything by holding on to it. Uh, it should only slowly go up unless they somehow do from the vault expeditions or something. Yeah, I mean, like six months, I I, I would think it's likely the same price anyway. And you, on the off chance that it did go up, because I don't see these going down very much. Yeah, you're. And it's good that's a stomping ground. That that's pretty good. The hard part is opening one, so you're already a winner no matter <laughs> right. what you do. <laughs> right, right, yep. Uh, at Maxi Wawa. What's the story behind MTG Goldfish? Used to be just price history, then came Saffron Olive, podcasts, articles, etc. Who started it? Uh, so this is a bit long, but briefly, uh, I started the website uh, to track Magic Online prices. Uh, I found Saffron Olive on Reddit because uh, he wrote lots of good articles there. So I asked him to come write for the site. And Chaz pitched the idea for the podcast to so we can just talk about cards and magic. And uh, that's how we're here today. So that, that's that the TLDR that of it. Yeah, that was well done. <laughs> that is pretty much how it went. Yep. Uh, at Zero Otex, uh, what's the likelihood that Ink Moth Nexus will be printed in Eternal Masters? Should mm. I wait to buy a playset now? Interesting. Mm, I am of the opinion that most things that are eligible for Modern Masters won't be in Eternal Masters. So there's some chance... But I think that it's more likely to be a uh, Modern Masters card next year. Yeah, I think if we're going to see any kind of crossover between what would be in a Modern Masters set, in a Modern Masters set and an Eternal Masters set would likely be in like the, the uncommon slash common area, right? Like, I'm sure there's some, some crossover there. But yeah, I just feel like Ink Moth Nexus is more of like a card that drives Modern Masters sales. There's plenty of random rares from the era that they want to do Eternal Master set to, to put in there. So and I, I'd be surprised if we see it, to say the least. And Ink Moth could come back to standard. Like, if they do Infect in standard, Ink Moth oh, yeah. isn't just so overpowered that it's unprintable. I don't think. Was it Infect high on the Storm scale or whatever? I no, think is it, is, it so. a, is it an okay well, mechanic? Well, it was original. Well, they, they kind of, I don't know where it is now, but I think Poison, because Poison was pretty bad, like, back in, when yeah. they redid Poison, because they didn't, like, just redo Poison. They, like, redid the whole mechanic entirely. So I, I would I would assume it's it's up there now. 2013, so this is a little bit dated, it was ranked a 3-2 out of 10. And 10 is the definitely highly doubt it'll ever come back, and 1 is will definitely be back. So oh, it's really? in the, okay. it wouldn't be shocking if it returns someday. Okay. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to be Eternal Masters. I think there's too many um, Eternal Lands right. at Rare to to put this in. Because, you know, like Wasteland, Rashad and Port, all of the old, like, Legends Lands, if they decide to include any of them. Like, there's just so many lands. Uh, you know, the Vintage Lands. Like, there's so many lands to go through that I doubt they would have room to fit Ink Moth Nexus, even if they wanted to. Is Island of Whack Whack on the reserve? <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> Place. That's an opportunity lost there. <laughs> Scorched Ruins? Yeah. No. Oh, can't there, do there it. you go. No. Reserve list. At KCQ Mark, what is the chance of Hydroblast and Pyroblast are in Eternal Masters? Great oh. draft cards, five ticks on Mono, could use a reprint. I think that's a good lock that you'll see. Probably. Really? I, I actually wanted to ask you guys this question. Because these cards have weird templating, 
that part. Wait, wait, hold on. These are the ones that you can target a non-spell still, right? Or target an off-color spell. Yeah, you can yeah. still target an off-color spell and still have it cast, right? Right. Yeah, so because of this weird templating, like, can they actually bring this back? They can't template like this anymore, can they? Or will they? Like, I don't know. I Maybe the argument would be they would print blue elemental blast and red elemental oh. blast because yeah. they're, they are the functional, functionally the same, except it gets around that weird formatting. Yeah. Like, if they wanted to make it uh, fit with modern standards, those would be the cards to reprint. But it doesn't yeah, alleviate the price issues that the, the writer was asking about. Like, that's not going to make Hydroblast or Pyroblast cheaper on Magic Online if they no. reprint the other ones. Likely not. So, I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. I think there's a chance, but uh, I don't know which ones they would go with. I, it, it, Richard makes a good point. Yeah. Well, you have a better chance than normal. I mean, oh, they yeah. Show, yeah. I mean... That they would show up in here in the, in this kind of set and not anywhere else. It's just odd that we have two options with uh, Pyroblast and Red Elemental Blast that are so right. similar. Like if they want one for draft for some reason, it's a coin flip which one they would pick, and maybe more likely to pick the Elemental Blast just yeah. because of the formatting. Mm. I forgot why this was relevant. This was relevant for some reason. Like storm, you can storm. Oh, you can pyroblast random cards to get storm count, yeah. or yeah. or get your hand empty if you need to be empty-handed for some reason. Hellbent. Uh, yep. Oh. <laughs> Actually, no. It's ensnaring bridge. They play it in the in the ensnaring bridge stacks, and you can get this one out of your hand for bridge, but you can't with red elemental blast. Oh, yeah. very nice. That's, that's the main yep. reason. Yep. Yep. And you can let people counter spells that fizzle. <laughs> Whereas you can take it back over the other card. Right. Yeah. Such a uh, weird wording on those cards. I don't know why yeah, it, that yeah, was that's... a good idea. If it's blue, you counter it instead of just saying counter a blue spell. Well, we're talking about Ice Age templating here. So, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I think that was all our fish mail, right? Yeah, that, that's think... all our fish mail for this week. Awesome questions. Thanks for sending those in. Well, I think uh, we covered everything we wanted to cover, so anything last minute out the door that we wanted to discuss? I think that's about it. All right. Two more Planeswalkers, Bill? Two more? Yeah, two more. Soren and Jace? Is that the the guess? Soren, Jace, I'm either Jace, yeah, probably. really? Jace still? Yeah. He's everywhere. I know. But he's got his, like cool detective's coat on that makes it any <laughs> well, what if he becomes like Tezra and just makes artifacts he just drops clues everywhere oh. <laughs> that, that would... deck. I'd be I'd be dusting off my Thopter spy networks that's for sure <laughs> oh, no no more Jaces man that is Give kind of that is walker. kind of uh, who's the other blue planeswalker Tamio is that it well and on this like that is conceivably on this plane yeah the history of magic oh Tezzeret uh Tezzeret um Venser. Oh. Uh, we'll see Tezzeret Rouserek. Oh, yeah, there are a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot of them. Kiora, I guess. Kiora. Yeah. Um, no more Jace. No more Jace. Yeah, Jace is a little played out right Dak now, Especially Faded. with Dak Faded. Yep. Um, especially with Flip Jace. Oh, going yeah. Crazy. Flip Jace. Especially because you can't even use... Like, you can't even be slick like you could before and play, like, your version of Jace to kill their Jace. Yeah. <laughs> What what if Jace had like minus two kill target Jace? <laughs> that would be really cool. <laughs> minus two kill target Jace Vrin's prodigy either side. <laughs> either side of card. <laughs> Elegant. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, I know this might be a card that we have touched on or didn't really talk about, but I'm really liking Elusive Tormentor as we go along. I know it's like kind of like a weird card, but 
If it's a vampire and it discards, you love it, Chaz. I figured that out. Oh, uh, yeah. What? You like... What? <laughs> Why do you like Elusive Tormentor? The Elusive Tormentor? Because it's... This is the 4 mana 4-4. Four, four. Pay 1, discard a card, transform. And it turns into an invisible stalker. It becomes <laughs> hexproof, indestructible. Yeah. And then if it attacks and it's not blocked, you can pay two black to transform it, but otherwise it's a zero one. Right. So you just load it up with, like, you know, a bunch of equipment and stuff. And then what? Attack. Kill them? I don't know. <laughs> Attack with it? They can't Why block. don't you just play, like, slip through space or something? <laughs> like, why are we going through all this trouble and all this mana to get our 4-4 four Because through? it's hexproof and indestructible. They Hex- can't do anything about it. That is a, a rare combination of abilities. But, but makes... you know what? To the slaughter can still kill it. Ugh. That's yes, true. Again. It, it, so can descend upon the sinful. There you go. We found the reason. <laughs> it we really, found, yeah. it, it really makes me want to worship reprinting. Hexproof and indestructible. Whenever those words are together on a creature, my mind immediately goes to worship. I think Degarda is better. <laughs> I mean, but it's not Can't like it's really not bad. I mean, the flips, the, the first side, you're getting a four mana four four, which isn't terrible. And no. then you could turn it into this unblockable thing whenever you want. And I guess the idea is you, you sneak in the damage and it flips back mana. around. Yeah, you got to pay four mana to sneak through four damage. On I'm mana. not. I'm not dealing with that part. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> now turning it into the Asidia's Mist so I can load it up and like go Voltron style. So you can put your neglected heirloom on it or your Ash Blade. Where I think, see, we're getting somewhere. You you put a couple ca- Captain's Claws on these things. <laughs> You just load up the GTA reprints onto this, and uh, <laughs> away we go, right? Or, or you play a bunch of silk wraps. Uh, you play like just all these random enchantments, and you just you put a helm of the gods on it. Just go to town. Or, I mean, just use your Arlen cord, Chaz. Give it plus two, plus two vigilance haste. Oh, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, bug, uh, or that wouldn't be bug. What colors? What is that? Oh man, you, you uh, blue, red, Jun? green, Jun? No. Oh, I guess it's, I was thinking of blue for the flip side. You're right. Ah, see, doesn't matter what what the flip side is. Oh, Wait, why does it flip into a blue creature? So confused. I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> it tells you older vampires are they they, uh, they calling upon ancient magic and it turns them into uh, uh, what's the what's the uh, ghost from uh, Ghostbusters? <laughs> Slime <laughs> Slimer? Yeah, it turns them into Slimer. <laughs> <laughs> turns into a bubbling, like, nasty, gaseous, yeah, mist. Dude, they should know. have a Ghostbusters throwback card in here somewhere. <laughs> where it's like a ghost trapped in, like, a beam of light or something. <laughs> you can yeah. exile the spirit or something. They should totally do that. Yeah. All right. I think uh, that wraps up the cast quite nicely. Uh, bubbling, <laughs> liquid, gaseous mist. So, of all the cards in set, Chaz is most excited for Elusive Tormentor and Insidious Mist. Got it. I'm just saying, it's it's pretty cool. That's all I'm saying. It's graduated from college. <laughs> no, Arlen Cord is definitely graduated. That's for sure. A plus in my book. All right, we will do this again next time. This is going to be the crew signing out.